Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Tuesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, As I told you, there's so much stuff to talk about tonight uh, that I'm not going to be able to get to all of it uh, throughout the course of the show. But we will get to the the whole thing going on with Carson Wentz. and, And we'll do that in this hour because... It's just, I, I, I mean, disgraceful for lack of a better word. It is disgraceful. This, this woe is me act, I guess that he's pulling. Um, and you know, when you look at, at the future of this franchise, as much as Carson struggled this year, um, and as much as I have been frustrated with him and, I've made my case for why I would move forward without him, and it's less to do with Jalen Hurts and more what I project project forward from Carson. But I would be open to him returning. Like I, I, I don't think at any point anybody thought it was definitive that Carson Wentz was gone. Um, but he doesn't seem like he has any interest in being a Philadelphia Eagle anymore. And you know, instead of people directing their outrage at the organization for not trying as hard as they could to win a game that would put them in a worse position long term, I'd maybe direct your anger at the franchise quarterback who's basically giving a big middle finger to the fans right now. Because, you know, you don't want to talk to the media, whatever, and it's part of your job, but it's really how you communicate with the fan base. And every quarterback talks at the end of every season. Um, every leader talks at the end of every season. Guy's a team captain, um, and he doesn't feel like this is part of his job, and that bothers me. So we'll get to that more um, as we move forward here. And some of the things Howie and Doug had to say about it, because uh, they're trying to move forward in a productive manner. The only person that's not is Carson Wentz. Uh, so we will get to that as well. But um, the first thing that you think the Eagles need to address this offseason, as it's finally here, all the speculation for weeks that we have gone through. The offseason's finally here. What's the first thing that needs to be addressed? It's fixing the broken offense. And 
Whatever that entails, Jeffrey Lurie's got to figure out what went wrong and how it gets fixed. Also, um, I want your thoughts on what happened last night. It was obviously a big topic of conversation both locally and nationally on Monday with what the Eagles did, how they handled that game Sunday night. I had no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, None. Um, And no, I am of the opinion, I don't think they were hell-bent on losing this game. I don't think it's a situation where, you know, if the Eagles are up late, they're going to just, like, intentionally turn the ball over and, and let Washington score. But obviously, by putting Nate Sudfeld in, you're not doing everything you can to win it. They wanted to give Sudfeld an opportunity. I think there are several reasons for that. And in a game that you don't really care if you win or lose, and you know it's probably better for you to lose, not going all out to win, I just don't know how, as an Eagles fan, you could have any problem with that. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? How's it going, Tom? Uh, not bad, Mike. How, how, how pleased were you with the end result last night in that game? Well, I was pleased with it. I was a little disappointed that uh, Houston couldn't pull it out um, and got us that fifth pick because I think the biggest threat to take Chase, who's you know my white whale, is Cincinnati at number five because he's Burrow. He was Burrow's teammate in college. Um, now, obviously, they could trade above them, and a bunch of things could happen. Who knows? They might not take a receiver since they have Higgins and Boyd already. But I was a little bummed about that. But yeah, I was happy that they lost. I think all this outrage is so ridiculous. It's so. Kornheiser, you brought up Kornheiser, Tom. He said Doug Peterson should be fined a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that would we be have... the biggest penalty in the history of sports. Bill Belichick didn't even get fined a million dollars, a million dollars for Spygate. Yeah, no, no, we were going to play that later on, Mike. We have Kornheiser. It, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, all this outrage is totally insane. This is something teams do all the time. If yeah. the NFL's unhappy about it, you shouldn't move the game to Sunday night. Like, I, I don't know what else to tell you, but um, you know, the NFL created this situation it was the most foreseeable situation uh possible and i i the the outrage over this is is insane to me it really is yeah and it's like you know it they're like it's not like they 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 gave up plays on purpose no it like they, they're playing players who are on the roster and these are their players that's what they're there for to play them right. they're and it's doug peterson is allowed to play any players for any reason that he chooses. Right. And so like, like, when people, go ahead. No, right and I, I just want to throw this in there where, you know, people were saying, oh, he went for that fourth and four. He would have gone for the fourth and four anyway. Like, I'm convinced that is a decision Doug Peterson makes any week, regardless of who's on the field in that spot. Yeah. I mean, you literally have nothing to lose. It's not like you're losing a playoff spot to so just wing it and go for it. They're just, they're, they're playing players or seeing what they got. Like, this is just sour grapes, and it's typical faux outrage, which you see all the time. Nobody said, uh, nobody uttered a peep about the Steelers uh, benching Roethlisberger for four quarters. The Eagles played their starter for three quarters. You know, it's it's so it's so stupid. Exactly. But, like if you're the Miami Dolphins, you know, I don't hear the Dolphins crying about oh the Steelers let the Browns in the playoffs by not playing Big Ben. It's the same exact situation. I saw somebody compare it to the Black Sox scandal. Uh, it's like it's, what? Insane. What are you talking about? This isn't the Houston Astros. It really like, is insane. It's insane. But anyway, um, like the, to me, I'm going to – well, I agree with you, by the way, but I'm going to take a broader view. The most important thing that needs to happen to the Eagles this offseason is they need to get their organization under control. <clears throat> Jeffrey Lurie 
as the owner, I'm focusing on him now because it doesn't look like Howie's going anywhere. And by the day, I'm losing faith that they're even going to make any changes at all. But the biggest thing that needs to happen is they need to get this organization structurally back on track because it is a train wreck. Everything going on with this organization right now is a train wreck. It's dysfunctional. There's leaks coming out. They're averaging like two a week at this point now. That only happens at organizations that aren't, you know, there's discontent going on inside the organization. No, I agree. Um, but I'll say this, Mike, with the leaks coming out, uh, a lot of them seem to be in regards to Carson. And, you know, whether Carson's leaking this stuff out or not, I don't know. But he could very easily kill all of this, and he's choosing not to. And I think that's very telling. Oh, yeah, well, that, that politely declined to speak to me. That was, that was cute. More, more damage control. They didn't use that same uh, word for, for Alshon, by the way. It was just like, Alshon declines to speak to the media. Carson Wentz politely declines to speak to them. Right. <laughs> it's so stupid. But, like, but, yeah, like I'm focusing on Lori now because, like, look, first of all, that, that um, press conference from uh, Howie and Doug, it was embarrassing. And uh, it wasn't, like, egregiously bad. But when you heard Howie, like, speak, he started off, and he was, like, he kind of, you know, took some accountability for some things, and then he went into full damage control. And he said the same stuff he says every single year. We know how to fix it. We know what we're going to do. But they don't know how to fix it. They haven't known how to fix it for years now. They're like, all they do is a perpetual state of course corrections. Last year, they want to go all speed. This year, I book it now. They're going, to go, they, they're going to go to the big and tough route. They're going to go, oh, we're not big and tough enough. We're going to go. It's like they swing back and forth on this pendulum every year. They don't have a, a uh, consistent philosophy of what they like in players. And, but, like, forget about the personnel stuff. Like, throughout the past year, however many months, we've gone back and forth a million times about all the personnel mistakes. Everybody has. Millions of callers calling in, talking about all the personnel mistakes. Everybody knows the personnel mistakes. Everybody knows, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf and Gennard. Everybody knows all that. So put that aside for a second. Like, Howie Roseman runs football operations. He's not just in charge of personnel. And right now, this is a mess of an organization from top to bottom. You have Doug Peterson. He can't pick his own coaching staff. You have uh, Carson Wentz. is pissed off at the organization. You have uh, Jeff McClain put out a report. Their players wanted to go after Doug. Like, this is a mess. This is his organization. Now, obviously, it's Jeffrey Lurie's organization. So Jeffrey Lurie needs to get it under control, too. But he hired Howie to run this football operations, and it has completely gone off the tracks. He needs to get it under control. No, I agree, Mike, and, and yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, take care, man. And I, I agree. I think, you know, right now you look at, at this organization, and this has been dysfunctional this year in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, again, you look at last night, and that was, if you didn't know what Mike is alluding to there, Jeff McLean putting out a piece that, that – uh, player, certain players, certain coaches were blindsided by the decision to go to Nate Sudfeld. Now, uh, you know, I don't really know how that's the case because Mike and I were talking about this earlier. We all knew they were probably going to go to Nate Sudfeld at some point. It had been reported before the game that they were likely to go to Nate Sudfeld at some point. Um, but you got to communicate that to everybody. Like, you got to have a plan. And that's why I, I just didn't get the timing of how it was all done. Like, I don't think this would have been an issue at all if the Eagles had just gone gone to Sudfeld at halftime. Like, if you had just said before the game, Jalen Hurts going to play the first half, Sudfeld's going to play the second half, eh, I I think that would have been uh, fine. 
I don't think anybody really would have had a problem with it. And you sell it exactly how Doug tried to sell it initially and then kind of backtracked, which is weird. I mean, even alluding to it being a performance type thing was ridiculous. I know Hurts' numbers weren't great, but clearly Sudfeld doesn't give you a better chance to win the game. But if you just sell it as Nate's been here four years, He's been a good guy within the organization, good, 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 a good guy in the quarterback room, a good teammate, and we wanted to give him an opportunity to play. I don't know anybody would have a problem with that. Like, I saw Torrey Smith, um, who's obviously plugged in with this organization. Torrey Smith was one of the few national people who was outspoken about having no problem with it because of Nate Sudfeld and the way he has been with this organization and what he's done within the Eagles organization. So... That was the biggest problem that I had, just the communication of it. And I think in a lot of ways, this organization does not communicate well, whether it's internally or whether it's externally. And that's one of the many things that they need to get figured out is is just this odd kind of dysfunction that goes on from time to time. Um, and it, it 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 is a problem. And it does speak to some larger problems. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Sean in Wilmington. What's up, Sean? Hello? Hello, Sean. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just like, I was telling your producer that, like, every, it does, it's like these fans, like, they're, uh, they're not getting any or something because they just complain. I guarantee you, <laughs> if we would have won that game, they you would have had more callers crying about the three draft picks we missed if we'd have won that game. Yeah, well, I mean, Sean, I, I just don't know why any Eagle fan would have wanted the Eagles to win that game. I don't care. Right. I mean, look at – I mean, I don't like to talk bad about anybody, but, I mean, we're way over the salary cap. I mean, the only way we can build this team back up is through the draft, and now we got it. I mean, what is people crying about? Well, I think people, you know – uh, the, the integrity of the game, people talk about this kind of stuff. You always need to try to win and, and compromise the integrity and, and everything like that. But the Eagles got to look out for what's best for their franchise, and that's all they did last night. Right. Can I tell you something, Tom? Sure. If you want to talk about the integrity of the game, there shouldn't even have been an NFC East uh, team in the playoffs. If you yeah. want to talk integrity of the game. You think they should have just change the rules this year, Sean, and said nobody they got you, man. I mean, that, this is terrible. This, you know, I mean, you got some teams that really could have made something that didn't make the playoffs because of this. I mean, not, not, not really. I appreciate the call, Sean. Thanks. I mean, who in the NFC missed the playoffs that that could have made noise? I mean, Arizona was literally, literally limping in. Like, I, I, I have no problem with a division team making the playoffs. Um, every team who wins a division should make the playoffs, but. I do think it's a six and t- and ten team crying about missing the playoffs is pretty funny to me. Yeah, I mean, it, like I'm fine with like the Vikings and Lions and everyone else missing the playoffs. Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's not like um, you know, it'd be one thing if like the Colts missed it in the AFC, like that would be one. But no, like everything's fine. Yeah did you did you see by the way, uh, Kirk Cousins trying to do that gritty dance after scoring a touchdown yesterday? Uh, Boy, I was all over Lions Vikings. Yeah. Well, but no, it was a funny clip of Kirk Cousins dancing, doing a funny dance in the end zone. No, a dance I'll, that he he's not a good dancer. All right, I'll have to hunt it down. All right, you seemed very uninterested, disinterested by that, Mike. I just, you know, I, I uh, of all the games that were on, I just wasn't, you know, I kind of overlooked that one. Now, Mike, how I, I got to interview you for a second here after your your long vacation here. 
how upset are you to be back on this shift with me? Like, how disappointing is it for you that yeah. you don't have all these excuses between Eagles games and year in review to get out of doing your actual job? Excuses with these Eagles games. Like, I'm just coming up with these <laughs> Eagles games. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty bummed out, but it's okay. Uh, Rob will be back tomorrow, and then Janssen later this week. Yeah, I'll be back Wednesday, though. Mm. You s- s- conveniently skipped over that one. But You have two out of three days, I'll be happy, though. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you know, I expect some more days off coming in the future, but, um, you know, I'm glad you... Uh, uh, I'm glad you, uh, you know, chose to work tonight. I, pr- I appreciate that. I, I actually was. Um, you were off for a while, though, after completing the year in review, right? Except with the exception of the Eagles games. I took four days off. You're right. Yeah, well, and I mean, I I took one and I get, you know, blasted to, to start the show. I, I don't know if I blasted you. I just pointed out that I worked yesterday and you did not. True, true. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, well, you get me and me and Mike arguing back in your life for the listeners. So I'm sure they enjoy this bickering, uh, two, one, five, five, nine, two, nine, four, nine, four. Let's get Mark and Palmyra in here. What's up, Mark? Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. It's uh, first doing, time on. Thanks for having me. Sure. It's uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy when you try to process all these thoughts. I mean, obviously after last night, I'm, I'm not of the believer that, you know, we were trying to tank. I mean, you want to talk about tanking, let's look at what the Sixers did over a couple of years. That's, that's the true definition of uh, tanking. I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, you look at a guy like Doug Peterson, he's, he's a loyal guy. I mean, you said it, you know, Sudfeld's been with this organization for a couple of years. Ever since he's been here, it's always been talk about Wentz, Foles, you know, now Hurts. You know, he's never had the spotlight and Doug himself being a career backup. I maybe had a little sympathy for the guy, and today let's throw him in there. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the timing, you know, wasn't really good timing. If they threw him out in the second half, okay, listen, we got nothing to play for. Let's do it. Um, but I think I think the the biggest thing that I think fans are trying to process now is I, I think this is our rock bottom, right? You know, you have a four win season. We had a, a Super Bowl a couple years ago, and and we now have finally come to the realization that we've missed our window to establish that, you know, I don't want to say dynasty per se, but, you know, perennial contender that can reach that every year. You know, we miss that. And, and when you think about it, you know, there are a lot of systemic issues with this organization. And I, I don't know if anybody knows what the solution is. You know, do you go back to the Chip Kelly era where Howie Roseman's role is reduced? I mean, when you think about it, coming into this year pre-COVID, you know, our plan at wide receiver was Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Marquise Goodwin. And, you know, with hopes that Rager would have a good rookie year and Ortega Whiteside would, would build off of what little he did last year. And, you know, I'm not saying guys like, you know, Jordan Hicks or Nigel Bradham were all-stars, but compared to what we have, there was a lot of choices that were being made coming into this year. I remember listening in, there was plenty of talks of a lot of the holes that we had even before all these injuries started. Um, you know, so it makes you kind of wonder, you know, what's the solution going forward? You know, I, I personally, I don't think you should fire your head coach. Just won you a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think Howie Roseman necessarily needs to be fired. I mean, the guy is, is a heck of a guy with financial stuff, what he does with the restructuring, all that. I think they really need to look at a reorganization and, and what's the best way to approach this going forward. Because like I said, this, this is our rock bottom. You know, we, we've kind of come to the realization now that we missed that window. And, you know, all we're going to have now are our, you know, Super Bowl DVDs of watching the good times compared to living them each year. And I don't think anybody has the expectation that we could be like, you know, the Patriots or whoever else that are perennial contenders. But, you know, we've we've come to that point now. and We just unfortunately have to accept it and hope that Jeffrey Lurie can make some right decisions to get this back on track. No, I think you're 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 right on, Mark. And you look at it and it does appear 
that like that window is is slammed shut now. And now it's time for a new window, hopefully, to open. But, you know, I don't know if you heard a lot of Howie's comments um, on Monday. It kind of seems like he feels the same way, where it looks like the Eagles are now going to go in a direction where they are going to go young and um, they're going to look to kind of rebuild. And honestly, it, it's probably the right way to go. I mean, I think it's kind of the way you have to go at this point. Yeah, sometimes, you know, we've kind of felt victim. When you look at a lot of stuff, you think back to, like, Ruben Amaro with some of the deals with the Phillies. We kind of get this loyalty in Philadelphia where we kind of, you know, pay these guys. And, you know, as much as people can fault the Patriots or other organizations, I mean, listen, they're, you know, up until this year, obviously, you know, people are bringing in new players in different systems and different organizations, and, and there's not that loyalty. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be there, but, you know, we need to know a point where to kind of draw a close to a, a, a player's story with the team. And I think, you know, Zach Ertz is a good example. He's getting older now. He had a great, you know, eight-year career with us. Okay, it's time to move on. Dallas Goddard's the next man up. Let's look at some more options. And if you kind of take that approach, hopefully it can kind of get us in a little bit of a better direction. But what we're doing now is clearly not working. And uh, I think everybody kind of needs to take a long, hard look in the mirror and kind of realize, I mean, like Doug Peterson, you know, the Bengals game, punting for a tie. I mean, you know, these are some of the small decisions that, snowball into a lot of criticism that comes at the end of the year when we're looking back and review and uh it's tough but you know as true eagles fans you got to stick by this franchise and and just you know just hope that it turns around yeah no i appreciate it mark and i think you're right on with a lot of those points and you know there are significant changes that need to be made and how he alluded to a lot of them and we'll get to howie's comments um because you know it certainly sounds to me like this team is is kind of committing to a a younger uh, approach here and that they are are committed to to getting younger and kind of moving forward. So we'll play some of those for you uh, as well. Mike, I see you there. You'll be first after the break um, as we continue to discuss this stuff. Uh, you know, did you have a problem with the Eagles did last night? One of the things we're discussing, I think the outrage of this is beyond ridiculous. I don't know what else to say. It's 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 absurd to me. The the um outrage that that is uh been the fallout of the Eagles putting in Nate Sudfeld last night. Um I, I think, you know, there's a little more reason for it. Uh, you know, I think Doug's perspective on it, which I'll touch on, um is is unique and different when it comes to Sudfeld. Uh so we'll get to that. And um, you know, also first thing you think the Eagles need to do this offseason, what do is job one for Jeffrey Laurie. I think it's figuring out what happened in the offense what was the main cause for all these issues, and how do you correct it? 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. And speaking of that Eagles game last night, it's on the TV now on NFL Network. I'll say this, I don't know if we need a receiver. And a nice little game for, for Jay Jaw last night. J.J. Arthega-Whiteside making a few plays. He made a, made a catch to put the Eagles down in the red zone. He he drew a critical pass interference penalty. I don't know. A little, little J.J. Arthega-Whiteside breakout game last night. What do you think, Mike? Are you encouraged at all by what you saw for, from number 19? Uh, I, didn't think he, I didn't think he did that bad last night. You know? Uh, a little something? To, yeah, I mean, he, was, uh, he wasn't the worst player. He was out there. You know, he made a nice catch. That was a nice catch. Took a shot, held onto the held onto the rock. 
you know, I don't know. I'm looking, trying to look at some positives here. How can you say you're trying to lose when you got J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the field? Yeah, I mean, what was their record this year when he played? They were like one in like eight. Great point. Yeah. Great point. I mean, he had a touchdown this year. Remember Miles Sanders fumbled? He recovered it in the end zone? It was a big play back against Baltimore, I believe that was. So It was against Baltimore. It yeah, was, yeah. It was, uh, beginning of the third quarter? Uh, it doesn't matter. I guess, um, but he made the play, so okay. I don't know. You know, somewhat encouraging. Um, <laughs> I mean, it kind of, kind of a little upsetting that coming out of the final game, I'm taking some more encouragement from JJ Arthago Whiteside than I am from Jalen Rager. But you know, uh, you know, take take a little, uh, take a little positives where you can. But yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles need a receiver, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this. Um, over the next few months, I will say, what, what do you got? I was going to say too, because I think going in, um, when when they look at their receivers, I know fans don't, but when they look at their receivers, I think they thought they had one more year of Zach Ertz being a really really good possession receiver. Yeah, and it just he just got cooked a year sooner than they thought they, or a year or two than you know, before they thought he would. Yeah, and I mean, I still think Zach Ertz is, is a decent player, but I, I just he's not worthy of the kind of contract that he wants. And the Eagles aren't in position to pay him the contract that he right. wants. It's probably better put. Um, yes. Yeah, so no, I, I, I'm of the belief that they like kind of viewed him as like, it, it seems like they didn't like go all in on wide receiver. And you, like, maybe that's why like they felt so good about the, the two tight ends. Got it in yeah. yeah. And like, you look at the things that went wrong this year. They, uh, th- like they just got that wrong. Like he just, they just, relied on him too much yeah I mean they made a lot of bad evaluations I I think the I don't I am of the opinion that that roster wise I don't think this this roster is like unrecoverably terrible I I think certainly they have major holes um I they're not going to be a contender for a Super Bowl next year I mean in the NFC East maybe they could win the division next year um but you know uh, Looking beyond, I don't think this is the type of roster that is doomed for like the next two to three years. I don't think it's in that bad of shape. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I think you make some right decisions um, and you can get back quick. And we know that about the NFL is you see teams go worse to first all the time. And, um, you know, I don't think this roster is in the worst condition possible. Certainly there are issues um that need to be addressed and you look specifically wide receiver and cornerback and this is why losing that game was so important At, with the sixth overall pick you were going to be in a great position now this is barring the um potential of taking a quarterback which could happen uh but we we will get to that um as we move throughout here but you look specifically receiver and corner there are going to be good players there at both positions that the Eagles are, are going to have opportunities draft at six that they probably wouldn't have uh, the opportunity to draft at nine. And that's a big deal. And that's why losing that game was critical. It was very important for this team. And ultimately, uh, they are going to be much better off for losing that game Sunday night than winning. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Mike in Belmar. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, TK? How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Listen, I wanted to uh, I wanted to get your take on two separate things. Uh, first thing is, as far as uh, with the whole Wentz and Hurts thing, with Doug coming back, do you think that they're going to have an open quarterback competition? Do you think that um, that 
it's Wentz's job again and Hurts, you know, or do you think it's Hurts and Wentz is going to go? Um, I think probably the most likely scenario is Hurts and Wentz is going to go, but Mike, I don't think that's really the organization's preference at this point. I mean, you hear everything right. they're saying. They're saying they want Carson back. They're saying they want to fix this. They, they, they want to get it fixed with Carson. Right now, the ball's in Carson's court, and I think the way he's handling this right now is uh, is very childish, to be honest with you. He's um, being a little bit of a baby. I agree. All right, well, here's my thought. I'm, I'm, I'm looking in the draft, and it's the real reason why I called. Eagles are going to draft six, and you're right. Six and nine is a big difference this year, big difference. Um, you figure uh, Jackson was going to take Trevor Lawrence. You figure the Jets are going to take Justin Fields. Okay, that's probably one, two quarterbacks are probably going, right. in my opinion. Um, and then I think Atlanta's going to take a quarterback, maybe the successor to uh, Matt Ryan. Um, maybe the kid from BYU, that Wilson kid from BYU, maybe. Right. Um, he's prototypical. He reminds you a lot of Matt Ryan, actually. Um, the big question is, Miami drafts in the, th- in the three spot because they, they got Houston's draft pick, okay? They're probably – well, here's the thing. They I, have, think they, I think they take the tackle, Mike. That, that's yeah, what I think they do. They have two, uh, two rookie tackles playing right now. Do you think they would take a third one? Uh, yeah, I mean, this kid from Oregon, from what I've heard, and I'm yeah, not going to lie, it's, yeah, I haven't seen him play a lot, but I hear he's that good. Um, so I'd imagine that's where they go. Uh, it would be interesting if they looked at quarterback, if they were, uh, you know, soured on two after one year, but I'd be surprised if they don't take the tackle. I guess if they, I guess there's possibility they could take one of the receivers, but, but I think they'd probably take the tackle. Right. So here's now I'm looking, I look a little further. You give Atlanta a quarterback, which I think is definitely going to happen. Then you have the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to draft. I think they're going to go for an offensive uh, tackle. I think they might draft that kid Slater from Northwestern because he's legit. And I don't know, but I think he's the, he'll be the best available offensive lineman at that point if uh, Sewell goes earlier to the Dolphins, as you think. So they draft right in front of the Eagles. So to me, the sixth pick, the Eagles can address the two things you were just talking about wide receiver or cornerback. And I think the person or person the person they would draft is coming out of Alabama. It's either Patrick Sertain, he's a beast, or or the guy who's going to win the Heisman tomorrow, Devontae Smith. But there's one outside person, maybe Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. What what's your opinion on that? Uh, yeah, Mike, uh, any of those three players I'd be fine with. And and they're kind of the three guys I'm targeting right now. Um is any of the, those three guys now? If, if the tackle somehow fell to six, I would take him as uh, well. Immediately, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think he's going to fall that far. But yeah, I mean, Chase Smith or Sertan. I think any of those three guys, you're addressing a, a major need, uh, something that's been a major need for for a decade now. I wouldn't think twice about just taking any of those guys. I probably lean receiver just because that's been such a, a nemesis for the Eagles to try to. Uh, you know, fix that spot for for so many years. Um, but I mean, I also wouldn't complain if they if they drafted Sertan. He's he's a lockdown corner. Sure, but now here's my question: Given the situation, if they do go in the draft, Devonte Smith, he's had some history with Hurts at some point at Alabama. Yeah, back up, back a little bit. Um, the guy's a beast. He's he, he, I believe, and I think you probably believe as well. He's definitely the best wide receiver in college. Yeah, I mean, Chase obviously opted out this year, but it's those two. Yeah, yeah. but he was really good, too, yeah. Right. Um, so if 
if they draft him, does that does that make a little difference maybe for Hertz to be playing? Uh, you know, I mean, is there like a connection there? What, you know, right. Does the organization think that? Or could they go a complete different direction? If they're going to let Ertz walk, could they draft a guy, Kyle Pitts, from the tight end from Florida? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a possibility. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. I wouldn't draft a tight end. Like, I'm drafting one of those receivers. Um, I'd have a hard time seeing the Eagles do anything other than draft a receiver, uh, one of those two receivers, or draft Sertan. I mean, they could trade down, and I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't like that. Um, but if you, you know, say one of the quarterbacks falls to six, and a team loves one of those quarterbacks, or a team loves one of the receivers, or somebody at six, and you trade down and you get a haul for it, that would be hard to um, complain about as well. But it just goes, all it all goes back to the point. That the difference between six and nine this year is so significant. It is so large that I just don't understand anybody's rationale who wanted the Eagles try to win that game last night and go all out to win that game. It's just, it's incomprehensible to me. They are in such a better position now at number six than they are at number nine. And yeah, it might not look good. And yeah, it might you, you'll get beat up this week for not trying to win the game. Who the hell cares? Seriously. Because the Eagles did what was best for the long term of their franchise. And, you know, we complain so much, and rightfully so, about the Eagles thinking too short term. And why is Jason Peters on the field? And why is Alshon Jeffrey on the field? And all of this stuff. And I agree that they shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, you can't complain about that stuff and then be all upset when the Eagles think long term and put Nate Sudfeld in a game last night that doesn't mean anything. And a game that benefits them to lose. They did the right thing for their organization. I don't give a damn how anybody else feels about it, how the NFL feels about it. You're embarrassed that that happened. Don't flex that game into primetime. I don't care at all how the Giants feel about it. As I said earlier, if this was the Cowboys in that position, everybody would be rejoicing. Everybody would think it's a great move by the Eagles. Um, the Eagles did the right thing. And they are in such a better position now at six than they are at nine to either get a player at a position of need or move down, move up, whatever they want to do. Their options um, are, are much greater now than they would have been had they won a meaningless game that would have done nothing for them in the long term. Let's go to Matt and Hamilton. What's up, Matt? What's up, Tom? How are you? Good. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of callers recently, and I'm backtracking on my previous comments from the other week i think howie's on the chopping block he could still be an asset but you know you say it every year it's the biggest draft of the of the, of the whatever but uh i think this is definitely his biggest draft because if he doesn't get it right and we don't make progress i think i think he's got to go after next season so what i want to happen i'll just say it is i think you got to trade carson wentz if, if someone offers a trade like the colts get a second round pick i've heard someone i heard the previous caller i like I'm looking at CBS Sports, the the picks, or the uh, prospects, and you. I think if Zach Wilson's there at six, I would take him to go with Hurts, have a quarterback competition. Uh, just tell me what you think about this. And then I, I don't know if there's something wrong with Deontay Brown from Alabama. Like there's something going on, but he's in the second round at our spot. And then there's some cornerbacks where the Colts pick would be. 
and then a safety in the third round. I don't know. What do you think about that? And then I got a Sixers point. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Matt, I- I'd have to look deeper into it. Like, I-, I haven't really looked beyond the first round yet. I will say, yeah. it is, it's the one benefit to having, you know, kind of a, uh, a bad year is it is a lot more fun talking about the draft when you're in the top 10. Um, but, you know, having uh, those p- premium picks in every round is a big deal. And, yeah, this draft is huge. Eagles got to find a way to make the most out of, out of their picks. This yeah, how, how, and, how is, and, I think and, how he's on the chopping block. I, I, I talked to you the other week, and I said, you know, we, we, thought, we talked about how we thought it could be an asset. But I'm kind of changing my mind on that. And I'm kind of changing, just not after just the last game, but I just, you know, maybe I was a little out of it that night. But I'm also changing my mind on the Harden thing with the Sixers, real quick. Okay. I think they got the Nets coming up, and then they got Miami. If you look at their schedule back-to-back, I know I I talk about the schedule sometimes, but I think if they pass the test and those, I don't think they're going to trade for Harden with Simmons and all that, and – I'd be okay with that at this point, but thanks for my, taking my call. No, I, I got you, Matt. I appreciate the call. I mean, I would do the trade. I, I've, I've said that. I mean, and I think ultimately it's going to come down to that. I listened to a podcast last week, Zach Law and Brian Windhorst, and they basically said, in the end, this probably comes down to Ben Simmons for James Harden. And if the Sixers and Rockets both decide to do that, you know, it, it's going to happen. It's the best thing the Rockets can get. Um, and... You know, it's it's the most logical destination. So, yeah, I mean, I, I very much enjoy what I've seen this year. Obviously, we haven't talked much Sixers tonight uh, because of all the stuff going on with the Eagles. But two impressive, you know, impressive back-to-back wins over Charlotte, taking care of business, which is something they have not done in the past against bad teams. Um, and they, they look good, but ultimately I don't think this team – is a championship contender as they are currently made up. And I think they probably are with James Harden. And ultimately, um, I'm I'm doing that deal. I've come around. I'm doing that deal if it comes down to that in the end. I don't know. They look really good. Um, you're right. Not Subpar competition. But they still, like, they. you can tell when a team looks good. Like, they look good. Like, uh-huh. they... Like, last year, they were, they were right there behind the elite teams in the East. Like, right there. And... Yeah, take away the problems with Horford, Richardson. They're right. I think they're right back to being in the mix. Like they can, I don't know. They can take Milwaukee to six or seven games. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I I I still think to be a true contender, they need that score in Harden. I don't think they have enough offense. Bible. Yeah, Bible. Uh, yeah, I might have been wrong on Bible, <laughs> but um, you know, ultimately, I think they're going to need Harden, and and I think they're ultimately going to going to end up getting it done. In the end, but who knows? I mean, Toby's really dra- elevating his trade stock. Yeah, great week. Um, you know, I uh, you know that that Windy and Zach Lowe podcast. I, you listened ta- to that as well, Mike. I did. Yeah. yeah. My takeaway from it was, I think that a random team is going to come in and swoop in and take them. Yeah, I it's don't because the way they laid it out, there's more teams in on this than like we think. But that's what Windy thinks. Wind Windy was the Zach yeah. Lowe like wanted to punch him in the face by the end of that podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about how he can get to, you know, uh right. Orlando. Right. So yeah, I, I think the Sixers end up doing it, but um, you know, obviously we'll we'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four if you want to get in. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. When we get back, um I, I do wanna, you know, talk a little bit more about what happened last night. We'll get to the Carson Wentz stuff in the four o'clock hour and how he's handling this situation. But um Doug's perspective on playing Nate Sudfeld because Doug comes at it from a very unique viewpoint. 
in terms of form, uh, of being a former backup quarterback. So I want to get to that when we return. And also, the comments from Giants head coach Joe Judge, who was outraged by what the Eagles did Sunday night. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. Uh, discussing a number of topics, and uh, one of them being what happened in the game on Sunday night that, that has everybody all worked up. Now, uh, Vince, hang there. We'll get to you in, in a minute here. But, um, you know, I, I think it's so interesting when you look at this. And the Eagles going to Sudfeld and everybody thinking they threw the game. And I, I as I've said before, I don't think the Eagles were intentionally trying to lose the game. I think they wanted to get Sudfeld in. I think the timing of it was awful. The communication of it was awful. If Jeff McClain's story is true, which we have no reason to believe it's not true, that players and coaches were blindsided by the decision, that's crazy. Like, I was stunned, as I said before, that Sudfeld didn't just come out to start the second half. That seemed to me like the natural point where you just pull Jalen Hurts. And it it would have made perfect sense. I mean, Jalen Hurts actually played well in the first half. You know, you take him out there, he goes into the offseason feeling good, Sudfeld gets his second half of action, gets a full half to show what he can do, and you move forward. I was stunned when Hurts came back out for the third quarter to begin with. And the timing of it, going to Sudfeld in the fourth quarter, just was was optically bad for everybody involved. Now, I think it's interesting from Doug's perspective with Sudfeld, because I absolutely believe that Doug felt, you know, like he owed it to Nate Sudfeld to get him some playing time in a meaningless game. I do. And I understand it's the NFL. I understand it's not uh, charity work here. But Doug Peterson, as a guy who was a backup quarterback for basically his entire NFL career, I understand his perspective in wanting to get Nate Sudfeld some playing time as a guy who's been in the league, been in the organization for four years, and has really never gotten on the field and gotten any significant action that you might want him to get some tape out there and hopefully he can hook on somewhere in the future. Now, ultimately, that probably had the opposite the opposite uh, effect, where now I think there's a chance Nate Sudfeld never plays in the NFL anywhere because of how embarrassing it was last night. Now, Betty, I mean, he looked terrified out there. It was honestly hard to watch. But I don't think this was an intentional, we're trying to throw the game. I think the Eagles wanted to get Sudfeld some action, and I understand it, especially from Doug, what he was in his NFL career, why he would feel a certain way toward wanting to get Sudfeld into a game. But, uh, again, the outrage to all of this has been so over the top and so absurd from Seth Joyner saying, I've never seen this in all my years in the NFL. It happens every year, Seth. So you have seen it. We've all seen it before. Teams do this every year. The Eagles weren't the only team that did this on Sunday. It only looked that way. People were only paying attention to it because it was a Sunday night game. But of all the crying that we've heard, the one that bothered me the most is this guy, and I've been on the record as saying this guy's a fraud for over a year now, or under a year, whatever it is, whenever the Giants made this ridiculous hire, of Joe Judge 
phony tough guy, phony football guy, Joe Judge, who is just outraged by what the Eagles did. Um, And this was a minute and a half long statement from him on Monday in his press conference uh, about what Doug Peterson and the Eagles did on Sunday night. Okay, great, Joe. All right. That's the head coach of a 6-10 and football team. A 6-10 and team who is so outraged about what Doug Peterson and the Eagles did by putting in a different quarterback. Okay? It's not like they were, they were up late and they put the ball on the ground and just said, all right, Washington, you take it and take it in the end zone. They put in a different quarterback. Nate Sudfeld, regardless of what you think of him, he's an NFL quarterback. That's the head coach of a 6-10 and team. So outraged about, you know what, Joe? Win more games, okay? Win, go 7-9. and nine And then complain about missing the playoffs. I mean, is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? I get you're upset that you didn't get in. I get you're disappointed. But all this phony tough guy stuff from Joe Judge, from the day he got hired, it was the exact same, he had the same kind of, diatribe the day he got hired. We're going to do this a certain way. We do things a certain way. We're never going to disrespect the game. Coming from a guy who worked under Bill Belichick for like 20 years. Worked for an organization who cheated time and time again. Yet he's never going to disrespect the game. Are you kidding me? It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I could care less about how Joe Judge feels. I could care less about how any Giants fan feels. How any of the Giants players feel. You want to get in the playoffs, don't go 6-10. and 10. You want to get in the playoffs, don't leave it in another team's hands. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Win more games. Do what you're supposed to do. And by the way... When, when, remember 2018 when the Eagles needed the Bears to beat the Vikings the final week of the season? The Bears pulled their starters for the second half of that game. The Vikings lost to Chase Daniel 
at quarterback that game. They did. This happens all the time with teams nothing to play for. It's just what happens. And if Joe Judge doesn't like it and Joe Judge wants to cry about it, go win more games, Joe. Don't go 6-10. and 10. Don't leave um, your fate in the Eagles' hands. And I can't wait till next year. And I hope the Eagles whoop the Giants' ass next season. Um, because Joe Judge is a clown. And, and as long as him and Gettleman are running the show in New York... It's going to be a good thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Vince, thanks for having me. will be first right after the break. Um, and then you if you want to join. And we will get in to what's going on with Carson Wentz because that is ultimately, uh, you know, the story of the offseason until something happens. And right now I see one side that is trying to move forward in a productive manner. One side that is trying to fix this relationship. And another side that's sulking. And not doing their part. So we'll get to that when we return. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 